This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to podcast episode 319. We are the Fight Disciples. This is dedicated to the world of boxing. And if it's the first time you've ever come across us, please subscribe. Uh, Fight Disciples is what you're looking for on iTunes. And you can get all Android feeds on our website, fightdisciples.com. Uh, if you're on social media, at Fight Disciples on Facebook and Twitter and at The Fight Disciples on Instagram. little bit of a thank you to start the show. I've just done uh, a little bit of a look back at our uh, at the amount of people that are listening to us on a week-by-week, day-by-day basis. And out of the top 10 most listened to episodes, they have all come since June the 2nd. So June the 2nd was obviously following the uh, Andy Ruiz-Anthony Joshua fight. And off the back of that... It's just gone absolutely crazy. So, obviously, there's a lot of new people that have come along and decided to become Fight Disciples. So, thank you very much for that. And if you've hit the subscribe button, even more thanks uh, going your way. And hopefully, over the next uh, couple of weeks, couple of months, uh, we'll bring you even better, more exclusive content. Because you got a, an exclusive interview with Eddie Earn last week that people enjoyed, didn't they? They sure did. And to all those new listeners, new subscribers as well, just a quick reminder fightdisciplesstore.com for the very best in t-shirts, hoodies, Whoa, hang on. socks, no, no, no. pin badges, not needed, stickers. The the internet is no longer needed as I witnessed on Friday night. Nick Pete <laughs> has got his own pop-up shop that turns up at venues now. <laughs> Exhibition Centre on uh, on Friday night in Liverpool. He was selling socks out the back of his car boot. <laughs> Weren't you? And I also noticed another thing, right? When you run a business, normally there's, there's certain ways and means of running a business. You keep receipts, you, yeah. you document everything. Yeah. Not if your name's Nick Pete. <laughs> Basically, right, he took some cash orders at the exhibition centre, came over to me, gave me half the money, and I said, what are you doing? And he goes, there's no chance of me putting that in the bank. You might as well half of it. <laughs> At least I'm honest. There you go, son. Straight to the bar. Splitter. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we roll. Yeah. Get, but Just to let the tax man know, I will be putting those orders through he the accounts. It won't. It won't. It won't. Expensive. Petty cash, that. Petty, Petty cash. cash. <laughs> Float. <laughs> um, but as he said, get yourself online. If you're uh, not on an event with us anytime soon, um, like our uh, producer of our radio show, we need to grass him up as well. There's oh a few people actually God. that were grassing up on the show here on uh, today. Yeah, we're going to start with our um, with Matt, who works with us on national radio. He's the producer of our program, right? Um, now, this, this he's a quilt basically. Just to just to paint a picture of Matt, cracking lad, head over heels in love. He's turned into a complete quilt. He has, hasn't he? A complete and utter quilt. This is the story. Or a melt, as Robbie Davis would say. Or a maggot. <laughs> we'll get to that later on as well. Our favourite <laughs> words, uh, courtesy of the Robbie Davis Jr. Dictionary. Basically, what has happened is this. I'm not supposed to be here today. In fact, we're not supposed to be recording at this moment in time. A TV show that we were doing has been delayed. So therefore, what we've decided to do is use that slot to record the show because everybody knows that I'm going away. So Nick's in charge now for the next couple of weeks to, s- to see if he can actually bring you any content. Now, during that period of time, as you know, there is a build-up to a couple of fights that we're dead interested in. First of all, you've got uh, Anthony Yard going to deepest, darkest Russia to take on Kovalev. That's on the 24th. The week after... Greatness is coming to town. Vasil Lomachenko is taking on Luke Campbell. Now, with me being away, there's certain things that I can't organise. So I don't trust Nick. So I decided to speak to Matt. And I said, listen, this, that, this, that and the other, can you sort this out for me? Yeah, no problem. 24 hours after I asked him to sort something out, 
sent a message to our group on the old WhatsApp saying, lads, I've sorted out the, the things that Adam asked for yesterday. Da, 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 da. I won't be coming with you. That's what? right. Vasil Lomachenko's coming to town. He won't be coming with us. And the reason why he's not coming with us is because he's going to a wedding. Now, fair enough. You know what I mean? If it's your If it's if your it own, is fucking wedding. If it's your own wedding, fair Vassal enough. Vasil Lomachenko. If it's your sister's wedding, fair enough. Your brother's wedding, sound. If your mum's getting really married, sweet as, okay? But when it's not even your own family member's wedding, when it's your girlfriend, it's not your wife's job, you know what I mean? It's not your fiancés. It's your, it's your girlfriends, cousins, dogs, whatever, wedding in a different part of the world, mate. Fucking what you do, what you do is that you pull you pull rank and say, "Listen, I've got to work." Yeah, it's my job. This is what I do. Mm-hmm. Melt. Vasil Lomachenko, unbelievable. I'd miss my own wedding, fellow Vassal Lomachenko. So if anybody wants to produce our radio show that's coming from uh, <laughs> yeah. the O2 Arena uh, send on the 31st, send us a little DM, you can get yeah. in there. It's not that hard. I've watched him do it. All he does is like ask people for interviews and stuff, and that's it. <laughs> As if you turn that down, eh? Okay, As if you turn that down. You know will be first on the DMs? Who? Foz. Ah, of course he will. Course, in fact, I'm surprised he's not been on to you to actually uh, do this show whilst I'm away. Little Foz, he wants a piece of that pie, doesn't he? Uh, Little Foz, you'll have seen it on our Instagram at the weekend, getting stuck into the karaoke you were enjoying himself was the boy. He was sat next to us at the exhibition centre in Liverpool. If anybody's listened to this on a regular basis, you'll know who Little Foz is. He's a little shithouse. Um, because what he's done, we have a very small quarter of female listenership. In fact, we've got one. Two. <laughs> have we? I think we've got two, yeah. Have we? Yeah. All right. Marilyn's a listener as well. Although I'll... I think Marilyn could be a man. Whoa, don't do that. You can't say that on the show. It might be a pseudonym. What are you doing, man? <laughs> Marilyn on Twitter. Oh, Marilyn on Twitter, but I don't know whether Marilyn You can't insult the listenership. You've basically just... We've got two lasses that listen to us, and one of them you've called a bloke. You can't do that. <laughs> what are you doing, man? <laughs> Marilyn, I'd like to distance myself from those comments at this moment in time. Um, everybody knows of Issel. We speak of Issel on a regular basis. She's our lawyer. She is our lawyer. She's in Ireland, and she she never misses an Anthony Joshua show, Carl Frampton show. In fact, she's missing one this weekend, I think. She's not going to Philadelphia, I don't think. I think so, but I wouldn't be surprised if she was. But she was in Belfast at the weekend. Guess who else was in Belfast at the weekend? And guess why he was in Belfast mm. at the weekend? Um, our little shithouse Foz, basically. Because Issel... Con- um, uh, interacts with us on social media quite a lot. He's obviously seen her and he's taken a shine to her as the lad, right? He's had a look at her and he's gone, fancy a bit of that. <laughs> <laughs> and he starts, he started sliding into a DMs. We've had this conversation on the show before, everybody When knows. she came to Liverpool, he, yeah. f- he ferried around and he picked her up in the airport. Yeah. Pi- wined and dined her. Yeah, he's a, he's a dog, is basically what he is. But right? he was telling us Friday night, wasn't he? Right. So on Friday night, me and him had sat down and I said, uh, what are you doing with the rest of the weekend, mate? He goes, oh, I'm going over to Belfast tomorrow for the uh, for Michael Condon. <laughs> I said, right, all right, so, mate. Who's, who are you going over there with? Oh, I'm going on my own. I said, all right, you, meet, you meeting up with anybody while you're over there? Didn't say a word, did he? He went so sheepish, because you knew what were coming. And then after about five minutes, he led, it, he led us in. 
and he told us that he were meeting up with his mate. Yeah, all right, lads. All right, lads. There he is now. Well, he started talking Billy Big Bollocks, didn't he, at first? And then he realised who he was talking to, yeah. and he urgently backtracked because yeah. he was going, yeah, I'm going to be staying over at his, and then, you know, I might, <laughs> might stay for a few days. And, we, and we, me and you were just looking at him, and then he just went, oh, well, you know, I, I'm only messing up. I'm, I'm only on the wind-up, lads. <laughs> he I mean, you know full well we're going to talk about this on the show, you little shit. <laughs> Hey, so watch yourself, Wim. Watch yourself. Hey, it's uh, Sunday morning. They, they could well be laying in bed having breakfast what? at the moment. <laughs> You've just called one of our listeners, right, a bloke, and now you're insinuating that insults up to no good with false. There goes the female listenership of the Fight Disciples. Gone. She's one of our loyal customers. She's bought half your store. I you know. can't be doing that. Well, anyway. False up yet? It's no red panty party, that's <laughs> all, is it? <laughs> Or maybe it is. Maybe that's where they're at. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, just speaking on that Belfast card, the atmosphere looked amazing. It looked absolutely outrageous. If you did go to Belfast for the MTK card on uh, on Saturday night, it looked outrageous. However, I called time after four rounds, me. Yeah, I thought. I thought to myself, I I can't stay up and watch it. I just, I found myself. Just going through the motions of watching the same round after the same round after the same round. I don't know what it is about the Michael Conlon thing because I think he's a diamond geezer. We've interviewed him many times on the show. Yeah. I think he's top. Yeah. And he's got everything outside the ring. He's got everything. But when it gets in the ring, I just, I don't know what it is. I just don't resonate at this moment in time. Yeah. I, I've, he hasn't had that moment where I've gone, right, now we're here. Yeah, yeah. Here's the boy now. And he's in a, he's in a weight class as well. You know, there's but there's people around him making big headlines, doing big things that you're like, wow, okay. Um, and he's just doesn't seem to be at that level yet. Now I know it's early days necessarily with Adam Booth, and listen, ultimately he got the stoppage there in Belfast, and listen, there ain't there ain't anybody else putting up marquees in the middle no, of no, fucking no. parks in Belfast. Um, certainly not after what eleven fights, ten fights he's had. Um, Headlining big top rank cards over in America and all that, the guy gets so much pressure heaped on his shoulders that it, you know. And, and Ruiz was no joke. You know, he wasn't. Let's not be honest. He's not. He's not a world class, but he's a, a bit of a gatekeeper to a title shot. So to ultimately get him out of there, you know, was the main headline that comes out of it. He stopped him inside distance. Brilliant. I know they cut the fight. That's a cut the fight down from twelve rounds to ten rounds because the fucking card itself completely overshot. Um, I think it was the mad thing was we were watching UFC, weren't we? I, yeah, yeah. I had both. I had UFC on the TV. I had, uh, I had this on my iPad and um, and switching backwards and forwards depending on the fight. And I couldn't believe we had the main event in New Jersey in New York before we had the main event in Belfast. That's how badly that empty K shot uh, card overshot. But ultimately, listen, ultimately he got the finish, and that's all that mattered. The fact that. The whole crowd was stuck in the middle of fucking nowhere in Belfast with no buses or trains running anymore and had no way to get on because the car had run so late. And the fact that it took him nine or eight, nine rounds or whatever it was to get out of there, not really hitting top gear for the first five or six rounds, then going for a walk and all that. Mm. All that stuff just needs to be forgotten now. Let's just go with the headline. Conlon got a stoppage on his return to Belfast. Boom, the party boat rolls on. Is that it? I think so. I don't want to beat him up about it because... No, I'm not beating him up about it. I'm just so saying. so much pressure. I'm just saying, I've just not fallen in yet. No, n- me neither. I haven't, I haven't... I'm like you. I kind of... I'm, I'm, I get why Michael Conlon got a boss thing with top rank because on the back of the Olympics with the yeah, double yeah. fucking beard flip and all that because 
wife was she was still up and she was like, "Who's this guy then?" And I basically give her the background. And my big seller, Michael Conlon, was he did this at the Olympic Games and they got him a massive cop- yeah, t- yeah, yeah. Uh, contract on top rank. Not as an amateur, he did this, this, and this, and blah. Let's be honest, he generated so many headlines on the back of his reaction to getting robbed in the Olympics. That top rank signed him up. He's been doing amazing things in America in terms of the exposure he's getting. Mm-hmm. But I could name. 50 other young prospects around the 10 fights or less banner that are getting way less headlines than Michael Conlon and yet look far more exciting. Yeah. I'm like you, Conlon, just it hasn't clicked yet. And I, maybe, do you know what I think with Conlon? Is it not time he goes on like a an undercard of a Tyson Fury? You know, not even co-main event, just like a, let's get him on there where the pressure's off a little bit where he can just go, bomb. he'll have big support, but oh, every, all eyes are on Tyson. Let's see him blow some people away. Mm, good point. In in total contrast, regarding I say young because he's not young anymore. He's uh, he's well established. He's had a sensational amateur pedigree. He's obviously come off the back of his first professional loss. And on Friday night, I thought Anthony Fowler was absolutely sensational. The best I've seen him. For, yeah. I said to you, dinner straight after three minutes, the 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 first round concluded. I looked at you and I went, "That is the best I have ever seen him. The jab sharp, the feet are sharp, everything switched on." Against no mug in Brian Rose. I know that Brian Rose has been round the block 25 times and I know that he's getting on a bit and he did look a touch slow. Let's be straight. But that doesn't take away the fact that Anthony Fowler was absolutely razor sharp. And you're talking about mental pressure. Coming back from what happened to him, obviously in a big grudge match against Fitzgerald, social media is what it is. Everybody loves to see everybody fail, it seems. The kid didn't get knocked out. Let's remind ourselves about that. He lost a razor-thin decision because he got knocked down in the last round. That That is it. That is it. Uh, But social media kind of forgets that, and they've been absolutely pelting him for the last God knows how long. Listen, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. You put your head above the parapet, we should know. You get shot at every now and again, don't you? But to come back from that, mentally, absolutely sensational for him at the weekend. And I thought he was punch perfect up until maybe the last two rounds where he decided to go, do you know something? I'm having it. Which makes it even more entertaining, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. What resonates in your ears is the fact that when he first turned pro and Bellew was telling us on air, he was saying, listen, when Fowler comes through, he's going to be Liverpool's most exciting boxer. Like the whole country is going to fall for him because he's never in a dull spa and he'll never be in a dull fight. And he's proven it. Every time he fights, it's entertaining. Okay, he's, he's, you're getting your rounds worth as well because now he's stepped up a level. Now, the Scott Fitzgerald fight was one of the fights of the year so far, definitely. And there was elements of this fight where you thought, like, the last two rounds and there was bits here and there where you thought, wow, this is on fire because I don't think Fowler's... Um, I don't, <clears throat> it's quite easy to hit at times yeah. because his head is a little bit static. But when he slips shots, he makes you pay. And when he gets behind his jab, he makes you pay. And he he's so strong, like that that nickname, the machine, is so apt for him because he is just like a little machine. He's like the Terminator. You can't keep him off, no matter what you hit him with. You won't keep him off. It was only that that last round against Fitzgerald where the two of them are just swinging wildly. Anyone can go over and stuff like that, and he got straight back up. But I just think that that loss to Scott Fitzgerald at the time probably felt to him like his whole world had fell apart. And on on the early hours of Saturday morning when we were in his dressing room chatting with him in the aftermath of this victory, it was like that didn't happen. It was like he erased, erased that completely. Now, I know all he wanted to talk about was a rematch with Scott Fitzgerald. Yeah. So in his mind, it's not like that. But in terms of the practicality, you know, Scott Fitzgerald got a decision against Anthony Fowler. His reward was a fight against former world title contender Brian Rose. He gets injured. Fowler takes that reward and beats Rose and beats Rose convincingly as well. And 
you're right. There was a little bit of snap missing from Rose's shots. There was a little bit of snap missing from his jab. However, he was telling us all week he's fitter, more focused, in a better place than ever before, and he's back to what he wants to do. And Rose said afterwards, Rose was like, listen, okay, maybe I am slightly slower, but I was I was fit and I was ready mm. for this fight. I'll give all the credit to Anthony Fowler. Sometimes when you when you do lose such a high-profile grudge match like that, it does, obviously, just realign your thought process. Because like you said, we were in the dressing room with him, having a little bit of a chat, and he said a lot of things that I thought, do you know something, fair play, lad, because you have most certainly learned from that defeat. You can get a little bit cocky. You can get a little bit, you know, that thought of, well, I'm invincible here. I'm walking through everybody and I'm going to walk through this geezer. And even his attitude going into that fight was maybe a little bit blasé, the Fitzgerald fight that was. And it's just realigned his thought process and got him back on track, which is good. I actually hope, when I was, when I come away from that conversation, I was thinking, I wonder if Josh Kelly has a little bit of that because he got a, he got a draw last time out, didn't he? In a really, unconvincing performance and there's been a lot of chat about the way that Josh is going about his work at this moment in time I just thought that his draw he got away with one he didn't get beat he got a draw there I just thought that maybe just switches him on a little bit because I genuinely believe he could go on to absolute brilliance if he maybe just pick and choose when he did the flashy stuff the flashy stuff is a big thing of his game of course but just picking and choosing when he does it rather than 24-7 if that makes sense yeah and don't forget it's funny you should mention Josh Kelly you know don't forget when when all this golden generation of GB athletes turned pro it was fouler everyone was most excited about because of his ex- so, he had so much experience you know, I think he's the most decorated amateur we've ever had he had so much experience it was when the all turned pro it was like okay well Fowler's definitely going to do something Taylor, uh, Josh Kelly looks like he could have the ability. Buatzi's a bit of a dark horse, bit of talent. You know, you never know how that blossoms. And then Acolium. You know, there's other names thrown in there, but the consensus. You know, the most thought went towards Fowler's going to do something. Fowler's going to be, and that seems to have dropped off. You know, everyone, everyone seems to be like, oh, wait a minute, Fowler's quite. Um, Easy to hit. He comes forward. He's strong. Yes, he's a bull. He's in entertaining fight. I think the fact that he's in entertaining fights at domestic levels made people go, "Well, maybe that's not the. Maybe he's not the one." Meanwhile, Boatsy just looks fucking un- incredible, and, and Josh Kelly at times has looked incredible. But now he's stepped up a level. Mm. He's getting hit a bit more as well. So I, I think we need to see Boatsy step up to the next level as well, if you like, to see what's out there. I know that's difficult, but. You know, there's, there's certainly domestic opponents that we haven't seen Boatsy in with that would give us a bit more of a measuring stick as to because it, it, you know at the moment he looks sensational. You bet, you bet your, your you know your last mortgage payment on the fact that Boatsy's going to be a world champ. Mm. But I haven't seen Boatsy in with a, dom- a strong domestic level opponent like like both these guys have done. But in terms of Fowler, I, I, I think I would love to see him fight. The winner, because there's no rush with these guys. We're certainly with Fitzgerald and Cheeseman as well. I think Fitzgerald, Cheeseman fight each other next for the British title. I'd love to see Fowler fight the winner, but you know what? If Fowler needs to go in a, a different direction, eventually the Fowler Fitzgerald two will happen. Mm. I'm in no rush to see it. I would rather see both guys go and earn some good yeah, money. I agree, and then come back when it sells out Manchester Arena or the Liverpool Echo Arena. Mm. MS Bank. Yeah, MS Bank. D- different arena. sponsorships, got to keep saying that. It's not what, What's the Manchester Arena these days? Not the MEN no more, is it? Just the Manchester Arena. Is it? They haven't got a sponsor? I don't think so, no. There we go. Fight Disciples Arena. Let's have a word. <laughs> I'll sort that for when you get back. Uh, bloody hell. You were money. Spunked all his bloody uh, <laughs> sock, money. S- sock money on a bloody sponsorship deal. <laughs> the, um, 
we, we, we've had a person obviously try to create a glossary for this show so therefore people can keep up to date with words that we use, for example, stitch that mm-hmm. and, uh, and what have you. Um, and Robbie Davis Jr. has chucked a couple more in there because me, I'm quite lucky. I'm not a scouser, but I work in the city. And therefore I, I'm, I'm switched on to a lot of the language that is used uh, from the everyday man. Now, obviously, well, well, we had blurt. Blurt. We had that from Pricey. Pricey, Pricey, Pricey had blurt. an absolute worldie of a press conference against Cash Ali. Remember that when he just came out with an absolute plethora of, uh, of put-downs. Blurt and Butte and all these types of things, right? Now, at the weekend, people will have seen the video now backstage where Lewis Ritson does the job. He's walking back to his dressing room. Robbie Davis Jr. is ready to come out. And there's a little bit of crosswords. And Robbie Davis Jr. went full scouse. You can't get more scouse than that moment there. Just look at him. Just look at the anger in his face. That's as scouse as it gets. (laughs) Referring to somebody as a melt is a belter. And then following it up by referring to them as a maggot. He went full, didn't he? He lost it, yeah. He lost it, absolutely. Can't even look at me, you little maggots! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the way that he just he didn't he didn't open his mouth he kept his teeth so clenched you can't even look at me you little maggots where are you going you melt <laughs> he lost it mate very good very good the post fight was the best as well when he told him that you better start doing where are now. you Ritson where are you you better start doing sit ups now can't take a body shot you better start doing sit ups now mate <laughs> I love Robbie. He's an absolute yeah, headcase. Brilliant. Absolute headcase. As soon as he got the victory, though, he was yelling in the middle of the ring like proper tense. Where are you, Ritson? <laughs> <laughs> He's in changing room, mate. He's waiting. <laughs> Come here, you little maggots. People are going to be doing that all week now. <clears throat> when they're, whenever they get into an argument with anybody or somebody says something that they don't agree with. That's what I want you to do from now on. Refer to somebody as a maggot. It's got to be the best put down ever. <laughs> maggot. Where does that even come from? A maggot. <laughs> Who thinks of things like that? Scousers, aren't you? You're all the same. I'm just think. I'm just picturing Robbie Davis walking into like a sandwich shop or something tomorrow. Going, I'll have a tuna belt. <laughs> <laughs> Easy on the mayo, you little maggots. <laughs> Love I said the melt, <laughs> you melt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Robbie. On him, though, nice little performance. Yeah. He's done the business. <laughs> then, uh, obviously, uh, given gave a great post. This is what we talk about regarding post-fight interviews. Get on the microphone, rock the microphone, take advantage of your thing. And if anything, Ritson did the same thing. Yeah. Ritson's played a blinder here because if we really think about it, What's in a fight with Ritson for Robbie Davis Jr.? Nothing except money. If exactly, so the money's got to be proper money for him yes. to take that fight because it's it's not a, it's not a move forward fight for no, Robbie Davis. He stays he stays in exactly if he beats Ritson, he stays in exactly the same position. If Ritson yeah. wins, then he takes Robbie Davis Jr.'s position. Of course he does. So there's yeah. lots in it for Ritson. So Ritson's had a blinder. Yeah, he's gone into Robbie Davis Jr.'s backyard. Fair play to him. He's put on a performance, he's got on the microphone and called him out in front of all his fans. And I'm thinking, woo, nice touch. A yeah. little bit of something going on backstage, even better. He's got a reaction out of Robbie Davis Jr. It's bubbling now. Yeah. Now, the post-fight, obviously, interview, we saw Davis Jr., didn't he? He gets on the mic. He said, I don't want anything to do with him. I'm looking for X, Y, and Z. Yeah. 
and he actually had to cut Eddie off because Eddie, Eddie, was, Eddie was in. Eddie done the fight. Yeah, exactly. He was signed. Eddie was there and he'd done it. And yeah. then Davis Jr. pulls the microphone off him, doesn't he? And he says, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't want none of that shit. I'm looking for this, this, and this, and this. Yeah, exactly. Just to correct and him. Do you know what? Good on Robbie Davis Jr. I think any boxer out there should take should take note of that because I'm telling you now, if this is Robbie Davis Jr. That well, good ju- on both of them. Ritson as well. Because yeah, of course. He's, he's played a blinder too. Ritson's doing the right thing. He's trying to get a, a fight with a guy that's one, one win away from a world title fight. So I get what Ritson's doing. But I also understand Robbie Davis Jr. Now, Robbie Davis Jr., when he first signed with him, when he first come over, that conversation doesn't happen because he's he's got to do what whatever Eddie's trying to push him towards. Mm. But now, British, Commonwealth, European belts... Wrapped around his waist. I know some of them have gone now, but you know, undefeated with those belts. Um, he doesn't need. He doesn't have to be pushed the way Matchroom want him to go. Whichever, whatever makes it easier for Eddie. He's like, no, no, I'll, I'm not. I'll do the Ritson fight quite clearly. He wants to do the Ritson fight, but right now I'm not looking at Ritson. I'm looking at the guy that's just won the WBA interim belt. Yeah, because I'm top rank. Did get me him. Me and him fight. That guy's undefeated, by the way. Ritson isn't. Get me the undefeated guy. I'll have that fight, and then the winner fights for the world title. Simple. That's that's where I want to go. Why would I want to fight Ritson? And then Eddie's like, well, you know, if the money's right and the fans want it, of course the fans want it. Matthew just put the fucking the 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 video, act, yeah. the, the video of them arguing backstage all over social media. Maggots. Everybody wants it now. Of course we do. But the only way it happens is if Eddie goes rings Robbie Davis Jr. or Neil Marsh this week and goes, listen, I can get you that interim title fight. But the paycheck's 50 grand. Or you can fight Ritson in Liverpool, wherever you want, and there'll be six figures on the table for you. Then it's a decision for Robbie Davis to go, OK, well, if I miss out on that, how do I get back there? Because basically what you're asking Robbie Davis to do is tread water against a tough opponent yeah. and put and tread water in your world ranking for six months. It's not like fighting Lewis Ritson suddenly going to get him a world title fight next. Mm. I think that's the point Robbie <clears> Davis <throat> is trying to make. So... If you're a young fighter, there's a lesson there for you. Yes, you've got to play by the tune of the promoter to a certain point. But once you know your worth, once you've got European belts and shit like that, mate, do mm. what's best for you. Don't do what's best for the TV and the promoter. Do what's best for you. I'm with you on that. From a fan's point of view, though, it's a fascinating matchup because Ritson's <clears> probably got about three to four rounds to knock him out. And if he doesn't do it in that period of time, you'd think that Robbie Davis Jr. takes him to deep waters and drowns him. Yeah. It's a great fight. It is. But I agree with what you're saying. Robbie Davis Jr., there's not much in it for him at this moment in time. Um, Regarding other news that uh, we acquired whilst we were in Liverpool at the weekend, Dillian was there. He was all right. He was in in great spirits. We had a little bit of a chat with him. He's not doing any interviews at this moment in time, as I'm sure you're fully aware, (coughs) because there's a bit of a legal thing going on. Spoke to loads of people around it. I'll tell you what was interesting. Our, our, Our chat with... Uh, Robert Smith from the British Boxing Board of Control. We had a little bit of a chat with him. Um, because obviously it's frustrating for them because yeah. their hands are tied with their relationship with UCAD. One of the questions that we threw his way was, would there be a review of the system that you use with UCAD once this is all concluded? And he basically said, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like um, Robbie Davis through gritted teeth. Yes, there will be yeah. an investigation. So it'll be interesting to see how their relationship yeah. develops. Because that's our gripe. That, that's where we're at this moment in time. Well, the, nobody's given us any that can only, that, That's the only great we can have, because that's, that's the only thing that we know factually that we can go, well, that was a fuck-up. Because the situation around UKAD, the border control appointing UKAD, then, because we even said to him, the VADA stuff's come out now, VADA are saying they were absolutely clean. But he's like, well, we don't recognise VADA. We work with UKAD, so it only matters what they say. Well, just on that, right, he's, he said, British Boxing Border Control, we don't recognise VADA, we work with UKAD, Right. 
the WBC recognise Varda. Yeah. Yeah? And don't recognise WKED. Yeah, but they've still suspended Dillian White. Even How, though Varda he passed? He's passed all the Varda tests. <laughs> no. he, he passed his final uh, uh, pre-fight and his post-fight on the 21st. But the WBC then still suspend him as mandatory challenger and interim world, t- world champion. It doesn't make any sense no, that whatsoever. At all. Because their recognised body yeah. have passed him. I, th- I think it's WBC. For me, WBC is spitting the dummy out, aren't they? Because they're going, why the fuck didn't we know? Why didn't we get told that there was this panel meeting in the morning of the fight and the, there was an adverse finding with UKD and there was this whole conversation going on behind closed doors? We were fucking sanctioning the fight. So I kind of get where they're coming from, but to suspend them, to, to do any... Yeah, but when their guys have passed but him... But they don't even know why they're suspending Exactly. Them. Nobody knows. Because that's another thing as well. A lot of people would think, it's WBC, they must know. No, they don't, because there's a, a confidentiality agreement between UCAD, yeah. the fighter, and the British Boxing Board of Control. As we said last week, there's only four groups of people that know this. The information, the proper information, there's only four groups of people that would know it. The promoter, the fighter, the sanctioning body, and the tester. Yep. That's it. WBC aren't privy to that information at this moment in time as to what the adverse findings are. Nobody is. No. So all these people that are guessing say, oh, he's failed for this, he's failed for that. It's metabolites of, uh, of Diana Ball. Nobody knows that. No. You've got that off a, off a journalist, and that's bad. Yeah. You can't just go off that information. Nobody's given us factual information at this moment in time. So just let this ride out. Let's get some proper information. Then we can all make our, our adjudication. But yeah. one thing we do know for certain is that the the, sister, the the process of testing and how we go about yeah. identifying drug cheats, and I'm using inverted commas when I say drug cheats, in this country needs to change because this whole process has flagged up loads of fucking and that's pretty much red flags. What, that's pretty much what Eddie has highlighted to us, that it's been a shit show. And it's pretty much what Robert Smith, you know, I know he said, listen, after anything like this, we always have an investigation. Yeah. But you kind of see in his eyes that he was pissed because people are pointing the finger at the border control as much as they're pointing the finger at anyone. Now, one thing that is, so this, you've just cleared then, there's four parties that know the truth. Yeah. We interacted with three of those parties on Friday. The only one we didn't interact with was UKD. UK, in yeah. fact, I've got that picture, haven't I? Outside the UKD testing yeah, station yeah, yeah, when yeah. I was like, wankers! I'll have to post that. <laughs> I forgot to post it at the weekend. Um, but we interacted That's how with, mature we are when know, we go yeah. to a fight event. We interacted with three of them. Dillian White himself off the record. Eddie Hearn on the record. British Boxing Border Control on the record. And we even said on the night, what surprised us? Not surprised us, but it's kind of making us slow down a bit is the fact that all three were, one... Two of the three, sorry, one uh, were happy to talk to us, but all three were confident, relaxed, normal, not in hiding. Nobody looked like they were shitting the pants. And they were kind of going, you know, even listen for Dillian White to turn up in a public forum. I know one of his, one of the guys he looks after, and one of his teammates was fighting on Saturday. But you know, Tony Bellew, one of his fighters, was fighting on Saturday, and he couldn't make it there. So what I mean is, Dillian White's come all the way from London to watch one of his stable mates fight on a card in Liverpool, known full well. That he would be in environments where fans can shout shit, talk shit to him. And people were. People were shouting shit behind his back. Um, but he's putting himself in that environment. Now, that starts making you... You know, Eddie insisted once again, when you when it all comes out, it, it'll be fine. Why the fuck do you think he was passed? You know, we haven't. no one's been given a brown envelope. He was passed by this panel. Now, as murky and as shitty and as you know clear as gravy as this sounds... Fundamentally, when it comes down to it, he's right. Someone passed them. And there's got to be an explanation. It can't just go, oh, he passed them. You, no one needs to know the facts. We're going to know the facts now. It's got to come out in the wash eventually. So 
not just Dillian White's career, but the whole position of the border control, UKAD, the legitimacy of those massive brands and Matchroom in some ways is all on the line. And the mm. fact that all three of the four were cool talking about it makes me think that when the information comes out, there is going to be clarity that would somehow clear Dillian White and, and clear all these parties involved to go, oh, right, is that all it was? Or, oh, right, okay, I get it now. There was an explanation and that's what it was, which is why it's weird that the WBC have gone, poof, suspension straight away. The, the availability of those three parties once again nobody's that. Nobody has shied away. Like When no. we went over to Robert Smith from the British Boxing Board of Control, I thought, he ain't going to talk to us. He didn't even... He just didn't nodded. Hesitate, he? Yeah, when, when do you want me, lads? Yeah. Right, all right. Yes, I'll jump, jump on. Dillian even... I mean, fair enough, Dillian's been told he can't. Dillian was up for it. Dillian was. was up for a conversation because we were sat ringside with him for ages, just chatting, shooting the breeze, house things, blah, 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 what's going on? He goes, all right, it's this, that, and the other. All, obviously, all off the record. He, w- he would... No, there's no doubt that he would have done a chat Absolutely, about yeah. the situation, but because his lawyers are dealing with X, Y, and Z, and rightfully so, because if he has... this, Think about this. If he hasn't done anything wrong... But a newspaper article has insinuated that it has. That's defamation of character. Yeah. He's got legal grounds. So all these people on social media that are blasting away, I just hope that I'm never up in a dock and you're on jury service because you're guilty before yeah. you've done anything. But you've got to wait for facts. I understand. I, I understand there's a lot of fans out there that are going, what are you talking about towards right at this moment in time? You've got to wait for the facts. Let's have the proper facts, not st- yeah. stuff that's been done by a journalist. The proper facts... And then we can all make educated. Of course. Uh, the, the, the issue is, and listen, I'm going to side with the fans here because I've been, we've been, we on this show have been as vocal as probably anybody in the British media, media about we need answers, we need to get to the bottom of this. If it's true, fucking, he should, no one be, deserves to be in the sport if they're a proven drug treat, especially two times, all that kind of stuff. We, we've been feeding that rhetoric, but, but with all due respect to us as fans, you know, They've been throwing fi- fucking water on the fire or fire on the fuel, sorry. Fuel on the fire, what the fuck am I trying to say? They've been throwing fuel on the fire because the lack of answers, the lack yeah, of yeah. information, and it's taken so long. And all these indicators are, what do you mean? Why is the B sample? Why are we still waiting for the B sample? Why did it take a month for the results of the test to come through? Don't get me wrong. Fundamentally, the whole thing was a complete shit show. That's why there's so many questions. In hindsight, had they just done, done it like this, bang, 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 how it could have been done. We would never, ever have got to this situation at all. Mm. But unfortunately, we're in this situation because of all these conflicting reports, all this extra stuff on top, the fact that the fundamentally the fucking system is broken in the first place, and then the lawyers come in and, 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 and veto any communication with the media about the truth itself. That's why we're all speculating. That's why we're talking about it. If you want any more uh, information from the horse's mouth, obviously Nick's spoken to uh, Eddie at great length about this. Uh, of which there is an interview on our feed. So if you subscribe, you'll see it there. It was it was on last week, so you can get yourself stuck in uh, to that interview where he answers every single question to the best of his ability. A little bit of ducking, a little bit of dodging, a little bit of diving, but he answers every question rather than just saying, oh, I can't speak about X, Y, and Z. Um, just another thing, whilst we're uh, still speaking of, uh, of Friday night, on the day that we went there, it was announced that Billy Joe Saunders was splitting with Frank Warren, uh, first question to Eddie Hearn, when you're signing Billy Joe Saunders, he gave us a smile and he said, tell Billy Joe Saunders to call me. Listen, everybody ringside were chatting about it and the majority of people, even within the matchroom family, were kind of insinuating that it's a done deal, Ed. I like the way that you dodged that one as well. Uh, but I would not be surprised by the time I get back off my holidays that Billy Joe Saunders is a matchroom fighter. 
I wouldn't be surprised. Or in some way, shape or form has a relationship with I wouldn't be surprised if he was a matchroom fighter by the time he got off your plane. <laughs> I mean, on the way there. Never mind, on the way home. Yeah, maybe. Um, Something lined up this week, maybe. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But listen, there's other options out there for him, of course. There's PBC, there's Golden Boy. It makes sense for him to be attached to the zone because the fighters that are on the zone are basically the best middleweights, a couple of the super middleweights, Callum Smith especially. Canelo, Triple Jury, uh, Andrade. Yeah. Uh, you've got, obviously, a higher weight category. Jaime Munguia is around that weight class. Callum you know, there's, Smith. There's fights there that would make sense. Callum Smith, of course, at super middle. I still think there's a conversation being had with the Eubanks about doing a one-off Eubank rematch that would spin some money for them. Um, on domestic TV, mm. but uh, but yeah, you're right. I, I think he's got to go with the zone, and you know what? It's a ballsy decision by Billy Joe because Frank has been fantastic for Billy Joe Saunders and stuck with him through some shitty times as Massive, well. Let's man. be honest. Billy Joe was fucking. He was like public enemy number one when all that social media bullshit came out, and Frank stood stuck with him all that. And let's not forget as well, Frank Wallen got that kid to two world titles in two weight divisions. That's unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. So, all credit to Frank. It, it's a, it shocked me that one. I'll be honest. It, it comes as a shock because with Tyson being in there, Ben Davidson and that whole, you know, Frampton. It it, it seems like it's locked in. They've got a good little like MTK slash Irish slash top rank Frank Warren kind of thing going on there. And there's some big fights with big fighters, but and it's never it's never nice for any promoter to lose a current world champion. But that said, mate. Big decision by Billy Joe Saunders and Billy Joe Saunders once again mm. sending out lessons to other boxers in this game like Robbie Davis. Know your worth. Know that this is your career. This is not show show friends. This is show business. Look after yourself. You are the priority. You are number one. Promoters are there to do the best for you they possibly can. But you know what they're also there to do? The best for themselves. You've got to be greedy. You've got to be selfish. And all credit to Billy Joe for making a big call. Whilst we're talking Billy Joe and per- potential super fights for him in the not-too-distant future, someone in and around his weight categories is a certain Mexican by the name of Canelo. And I've got to applaud the IBF. Last, I started last week by kind of slagging him a little bit because I had heard, and this was official, that they granted uh, extensions to his uh, mandatory negotiations. I actually was told that they'd done it on two separate occasions. They'd extended the deadline for Canelo. They didn't mm-hmm. do that for Tyson Fury, did they? No. They didn't do that for Triple G when he was the IBF champ. However, by the back end of the week, I'm giving you a golf clap. I'm giving you a full golf clap because the IBF come out of this, for me, looking absolute mustard. You see guys like the WBC making franchise champions. You see guys going, oh, we're not going to call them mandatory for five years. Again, WBC, I'm looking at you. IBF, you get to number one, you become mandatory. They give you a date as to when that mandatory's got to happen. And if it doesn't happen, we're going to fucking pull it. Doesn't matter who the champion is. Canelo's been stripped of his IBF middleweight championship. Absolutely top class from IBF. But then... In the aftermath of all that, you see Canelo's tweet regarding his relationship with Golden Boy Promotions. Mm-hmm. All is not well between him and Oscar De La Hoya, it doesn't seem. You couldn't see a split, could you? You couldn't see Eddie coming in with his, uh, with his horse and his white nightness and going, right, Canelo, you fancy some of this sunshine? Well, to be honest, I don't know whether, I don't know whether you know, he, he, would, he, he would need matching because I'm surprised by now because Canelo's so big that he's not just got doing Canelo promotions yeah. and just doing his own thing. You know, because uh, there's guys out there on, on, on lesser standing than Canelo Alvarez that are running their own promotional show. It's not like the zone 
Because the zone did the deal with Canelo, didn't they? They didn't do the deal with Golden Boy. He isn't part of a Golden Boy package. Canelo's got his own package, but mm. the zone he's, that's his own negotiation, his own TV contract. So it would be simple to just go, okay, well, you don't ring Golden Boy anymore. You ring me brother. Because his family are fucking all, all boxing heads anyway. Or his cousin or whatever. Nazim the shit out of it. Now, whether that means... <laughs> Nazim the shit that's out it. of it. Once Naz got rid of Frank, it was like, right, bring in our kid. Our kid will do it. And my uncle and my brother and all that. And okay, I know it completely fell apart in the end because he <laughs> fucked it up for him. But still, he earned so much more money that way. Because you stick your uncle on a wage rather than a percentage. So it wouldn't surprise me if that's what happened with Canelo. What, incidentally, though, did you see last night as well, Saturday night, Ryan Garcia came out and had a pop of Golden Boy as well, like mm. one of their hottest little prospects. He come out and went, you know, why don't I get any promotion, but all this other stuff. But it, it's a weird one at the moment because the world is still turning because I think these young fighters... Expect them expect to see themselves on Sports Center and ESPN and all this stuff. No, mate. Your promoters with the zone now. Your promotion is only on the zone. Yeah. Your promotion is non mainstreamed So I think a lot of them are going, wait a minute, where's my headlines? Why, why yeah, fuck, I've got to start a fight announced. Why is it not being announced on ESPN? Like fucking Oscar's fights used to be, or Canelo's fighter. Well, Canelo's the golden goose. So every when he announcements about him happens, it goes everywhere because he's Canelo. Not because he's, but you're only on the zone, so it's not in anyone's interest to promote the zone anymore. Yeah, it's a rival. So these young fighters need to get their head around that fact. But interesting times in boxing. I, listen, ah, again, I think Canelo splitting from Golden Boy. If I'm Team Canelo, it makes fucking perfect sense. Doesn't need Golden Boy. Not good for uh, the uh, whisk and uh, kitchen implement trade, is it? And fishnet stockings, nope, definitely not. We'll be seeing a few of them pictures on the internet sometime soon, no doubt. Uh, Triple G, Derivianchenko for the vacant belt. Just on the IBF, by the way, and I'm with you, applaud the IBF, tremendous. It's about time we had a governing body that we can go there, fucking good. But, (laughs) there's always a but. But, don't forget why we're here with the IBF. The IBF a few years ago were investigated by the FBI in America because they were taking fucking brown envelopes left, right and centre. They were one of the worst for taking envelopes, for putting people in the in the rankings list, putting people as number one contender who had like fucking three fights and never fought outside of Czechoslovakia. That Czechoslovakia? Was... <laughs> How long ago was that? How old are you? That was the IBF though. So as good as they are now, as great, and, and we're going, well done IBF. There's a reason why the well it's done. because they've had the pants pulled down. It's because the fucking FBI are riding them, yeah. Mm. Um, Tyson Fury's got an opponent. Here we go. Been you, waiting for this. You ready? Bellotto! Wait a minute, wait a minute. We've just been speaking Canelo. Canelo had Mexican Independence Weekend all oh, done. yeah. September 14th is when he was supposed to be fighting. He knocked that date on the head. Vegas is not going to be Canelo that week. There's a new Mexican in town, ladies and gentlemen. Joe Joyce's theme tune has now been taken off him and given to the big gypsy. If you thought the Apollo Creed ring walk was good, wait till the mariachi band turn up and he's wearing a sombrero on his way to the ring. <laughs> it's going to go right off. I wouldn't be... Imagine him walking to the ring eating a burrito with a straw donkey under his arm. Hey, gringo! He will as well. Full on. He will. He yeah. 100% will. There's no question about it. The Gypsy it. King will 100% go full Mexican. Absolutely. There it's going to be tremendous. Uh, September 14th is when we're hearing him taking on Otto Wallin, an undefeated Swede, 20-0. Bit of, the weird one about this, right? Forget just the opponent for a second. The opponent's a six-foot-five southpaw. Why is he fighting him? Why is he fighting a southpaw if he's, if he's fighting Deontay Wilder next? Why not? <laughs> 
<laughs> you don't give a shit, do you? It's Tyson Fury, isn't he? You don't care, do you? Listen, there's loads of shade knocking about because of the opponent. Everybody's going crazy. Oh, who's this tin can that he's knocking over? We told you there were going to be two tin cans when he signed yeah. for ESPN. That's what we told you. We know that the negotiation was there for Deontay Wilder rematch. He signed his big money deal with ESPN. All the chat building into that with Bob Aaron was, listen, we want a couple of exposure fights to build his name, then we're going to go back over. Now, I understand if you've not been over to the States to understand what they're doing with him at this moment in time, it's quite hard. It is quite hard to understand because I was like that. Before I went over to America to see the Tyson Fury bandwagon in full flow, I was like, why does he need an exposure fight? He got not. He basically rose from the dead uh, at the back end of last year, didn't he? Against Deontay Wilder. He doesn't need any more exposure. Every man and his dog knows who he is. That fight only did about 350 pay-per-views over in the States. Now, you might think to yourself, I don't care about that. And that's fair enough. But from a business point of view, you've got to care about that. Because at the end of the day, as Nick was saying before, this isn't show friends, it's show business. So to have those two exposure fights in order to show off Tyson Fury to the American audience to get them involved in what he's all about, putting him on the chat shows, doing the mental health chats, all those types of things. And obviously then he does the Apollo Creed ring walk, knocks his guy out in two rounds. Everybody's going crazy for him at this moment in time. Trust me, Mexican Independence Weekend, when he rocks up with a sombrero on and he's giving it the mariachi band and he turns up and knocks this guy out in two rounds, then the story is near enough nailed on. One thing I am surprised about is because I was led to believe that it was going to be one on the West Coast, one on the East Coast. Yeah. I'm surprised that it's not New York. I'm surprised that it's not over this side rather than going back over to Vegas. But he is built for Vegas. I, no I was going to say, don't forget, though, what an impact he made in Vegas <clears throat> when he beat it. Oh, he when took he, over. When he took over, when he knocked out Schwartz. Everyone in Vegas was just like, that kid is made for this town. And we've, we've missed a big star like that, a big heavyweight taking over Vegas in that manner and the way he did it. And even when we spoke to Bob Adam in the aftermath of it and he was like, He's made for Las Vegas. As soon as he said that, I was like, "There's fucking no way he's going to New York." Or we anywhere. see him anywhere else except Vegas for the rest of his career. Mm. He could just Mayweather the shit out of it now for the rest of his career, purely based on the fact that he will earn more money in Vegas than anywhere else because they realise now he's a takeover star. He's a, he's someone that can take over the entire strip. Mm. He's got the personality and the charisma to be able to do it. But not only that, he captures the int- attention of the uh, entire American nation. Don't get lost on the fact that when he did the chat shows and he talked about depression and all that, how that resonated with American society to its core. So that's why the Schwartz thing just went massive. So it doesn't matter who you fight. The only thing that surprised me that it's not a Joey Dueco or it's not a Charles Martin or a Gerald Washington. An American, you're talking. An American. That's the only thing that surprised me. You know, weird that they're bringing in, you know, the Swedish number one. Mm. A guy that's right. Is he ranked top fifty in the world? I don't know. Maybe he's he is. Done, I think he's. I think he's ranked in the WBA. Tyson's not. I don't think. I think he's ranked. <laughs> I, he's mental. That's the WBA for you. <clears throat> but I don't even. You know. I think this guy's fringe top fifty in the world as a heavyweight, uh, according to box record at least. So, this is not a guy that Tyson would necessarily have in as a sparring partner. But that's not the point. Joshua did. He was one of Joshua's chief sparring partners. This fella. Oh, was he? Yeah. 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 Well, that's quite, that's why I was like. I thought that. Joey Dueco would have made sense because he was yeah, yeah. a he was a sparring partner for the Ruiz fight, and I think he's he's just had a big win himself. So, you know, they, they could have sold that on the back of you know this is what Tyson Fury would do to a Ruiz type character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's a there's a narrative there, but it it, it has surprised me a little bit. It just, it just it's easier to sell. But then, if you're selling a a, a British export to the American audience. Do you want to give them the option of supporting the American? Maybe it makes sense to go 
no, don't do that. You know, don't even give anyone an excuse to go, well, this guy's from Philadelphia, let's support him. Why are we supporting the Brit? Don't do that. Fuck it. Bring a Swede in, no one gives a fuck about. Everyone hates Ikea anyway. Hey, <laughs> go and batter them, Tyson. That'll be the rhetoric behind it. Uh, September 14th. I know that it's not the opponent that you wanted. You want to see more competitive fights, but we told you at the start of this, there was going to be two. If the third one's a, a dud, don't get me wrong. Well, the third we will be on it. The we'll third be one has that. got to be... Deontay Wilder. Wilder. But then... Because that's, that's what we were told. But this is the We difference. can only go off what we're promised and told, and that's what we were promised. Two duds, Deontay Wilder. That's yeah. it. But Deont- so if it's not that, then we're going to kick off. But listen, it's okay then. Let's talk about Deontay for a second. The fucking balls on Deontay Wilder going, all right, okay, so I'm not fighting him next then. Bring me uh, Ortiz. Lewis I'll fight Ortiz. O- Lewis Ortiz then. Another guy in the top 10. He's got some stones on him. Whether you like him or not, mate. I love him. He's a proper heavyweight champion, Deontay Wilder. He's a, he's a proper like, no, I can't fight some fucking dud. I've, I'm the champion of the world. I've got to fight the best guys in the world. People are still question marking that performance against against uh, Lewis Ortiz. Let me just fucking put that one to bed. Just like he did with the other fella. He blew away in the round. Yeah, yeah. Brazil. And uh, Stavern. Stavern, When he went yeah. the distance with Stavern. Exactly, and yeah. Smashed and him smashed him in a single round. Mm. There you go. Well, that I think we're hearing that that's going to be start of November, the Deontay one. Yeah. And Tyson's obviously out in uh, in September. And hopefully that will then set us up for February, March of next year where these two go at it again. Fingers crossed there. Speaking of stones, fucking hell, young Chewy. Taking on Povetkin. He's got some balls, hasn't he? His last three fights are Parker, Pulev. Oh, hang on, not last three fights. He's, he's had a couple in between. Yeah. But if you look at his he's resume... the British title, didn't he, in between? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Parker, Parker Pulev and now Povetkin. Povetkin. Three Fucking P's. Hell. But all, all guys ranked in the top 10. You know, all, all well, genuine. Three three former world champions, sorry. Mm. Pulev was a world champion, wasn't he? So, mm. three former world champions. Fucking absolutely legit. Good on him. And He's lost two, though. Is he going to lose a third? Well, <clears throat> I think the timing's right for this one. I'd like to think so. Obviously, anyone that listened to the Eddie Ayn interview know that I, I kind of pushed it back on Eddie Ayn because, before, you know, Fury, Huey Fury, did as a cloud over him have a cloud over him because he did have a failed test even though it took UKD a year to tell him and then when they tried the appeal process it was gay it was basically they said it was going to be too expensive so they just slapped him on the wrist so we can't really hung and hung and dry him for that but fucking Pavekin <laughs> Jesus Christ he was Jarrell Miller before Jarrell Miller mm. do you know what I mean so it's not a good this is this is what I'm trying to get out with Eddie and you know you know I People listen to that probably think I let him off the hook when I put called him on it and he kind of bullshitted his way out of it or talked his way out of it. I re- what I really want to say is why, why are you giving this guy food? Why are you putting food on his table? He's a two-time proven drug cheat. We need people like Eddie, people like Top yeah. Rank, people like Frank Warren to come together and go fuck him off. Now, Eddie, as Eddie I understand said, that. Eddie said, listen, the WBA, he was the number one contender for AJ. So whatever my feelings are, I had to put that fight on and that's because fair. I'm not a governing body. Obviously, then you go, well, what the fuck did you put him in with price first for then? But then his sellback would be, I was I've to just told you, up. I've got to sell him. I've got to sell a fight with AJ. I've got to do it. It's got to be done. So I had to, one, introduce him to a UK audience, and Eddie's come back and may, may well have been. And two, I give one of our own a chance to fucking get rid of a drunk cheat and get the chance himself. So unfortunately, that's everything that's wrong with boxing. You know, the... the because there's conflicting politics, we can't just throw drug cheats out because certain governing bodies will always sanction them. Yeah, yeah. Until we have that overriding governing body or a VADA that does everyone's testing and does the punishments, and then Pavekin wouldn't even be in the sport anyway. Mm. Coming back to Huey, huge stones, massive opportunity. Um, as I as I put on Twitter at the time, 
big chance for Tommy's cousin, Tommy Fury, obviously the most famous Fury of them all these days. Um, big chance for him to jump back into world title contention, but you're right, for a young heavyweight, the opponents he's took on, he's a f- fucking brave kid. Mm. Um, Oscar Valdez is stepping up, which has disappointed me a touch. He was uh, called to defend his title against Shaka Stevenson. Doesn't fo- He doesn't want that. Uh, because there's nothing in it really for him, so he's moving up, um, and therefore he'll vacate his uh, WBO featherweight championship, which kind of then takes us away from that big unification that we were all clambering for with Josh Warrington or even a Carl Frampton who's in action, obviously, uh, this weekend. Some great fights for Oscar Valdez up at Super Feather, no question about that. Just a bit of a shame that now um, there won't be that unification for uh, for Josh or for, uh, for Carl. Yeah, do you know what? I'm disappointed because obviously we're we're on the Josh Warrington freight train here, and of course, you know, if uh, as long as Carl gets back on track this coming weekend, and I'm sure he will, then we've got two guys right back, right at the top of this weight class, which is super exciting. Um, however, I do think Shakur Stevenson is the guy, the next guy to come through and wipe the floor with everybody in this weight division. I think he's fucking sensational. Well, when he wants to be. When he wants to be, when yeah. We saw be. him live and we were a bit disappointed with him. Yes. Then time after that, he looked amazing. He did look the nuts, didn't he? Technically, I think this guy's absolutely phenomenal. Um, and as long as he's Shakur Stevenson from the last time out, not trying to be um, Money Mayweather, but be pretty, pretty boy. boy. Yeah, yeah. As long as we get pretty boy Shakur Stevenson, man, this kid's going to be super exciting over the next couple of years. Mm. Uh, I think he'll, he'll, he'll obviously fight for that vacant WBO belt now. Um, but Shakir Stevenson versus Carl Frampton down the line that's a tough fight for Frampton and you know what I think it's a tough fight for Josh Warrington as well mm. uh, Nicola Adams has been upgraded to uh, full WBO world champ listen congratulations to her because there's a lot of firsts on her resume first woman to win an Olympic gold double Olympic gold champion all those amateur uh, goals from all over the world, sensational stuff for us. And she was the interim uh, champion, upgraded to the full champion. It's murky the way that it's happened. I know that. Shite. And I don't agree with the way that it's happened because the champ um, was in a car crash, so therefore she can't actually fulfil her mandatory obligations because that fight was supposed to be happening in September, I believe, between Nicola Adams and the champ. Um, and therefore they've decided to just fully upgrade. Rather than wait for the champ to get fit and get her back in the gym and get that fight on at a later date, it's wrong. It shouldn't happen like that. But listen, I'm not taking anything away from Nicola Adams. Fair play to her. Listen, it, um, you can't blame Nicola Adams. It's not her know? fault. She's done fucking nothing wrong. Um, what's disappointing is the fact that the champion, Mussinho or Mucinho, um she only fought in April. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not like she hasn't fought in April. Had a car year. crash, damaged her ankle, and now she's obviously rehabilitating, and they took the belt off her. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it's bad. Absolutely ridiculous. She fought in April for fuck's sake. Mm. If if somebody has an injury like that, you, I, I think, <clears throat> you know my opinion on world champions getting stripped. I think they should get a full twelve months. If you're if you can't defend your belt in a twelve month window, you've got to be stripped. This ankle injury isn't going to keep her out. I wouldn't have thought for the next nine months. No. So you at least go. You at least let her keep the belt for six months and then go. How are you doing? End of the year, December. How are you doing? You've had it for nine months. You haven't been able to defend it. Oh, yeah. Are you going to be able to defend it inside a 12-month window? No. Unfortunately, we're going to strip you. But when you do come back, don't worry, you'll be in the mix. To fucking strip her straight away, mm. I think is absolutely diabolical. And you're right, I do. I kind of feel a little bit for Nicola Adams because Nicola Adams ain't walking around Leeds with a belt going, I'm the world champion. Is she fuck? And she won't call herself world champion until she makes one defence of it. Then she will call herself world champion. Mm. But 
Masinho's been absolutely fucking done here. And this is a girl that's obviously worked the bollocks off to become world champion in the first place, just like everybody else. I think she, she won the belt in she won the belt in 2018. She's made, she's made, she won it, and then she's made two defences. So it's not like she's been inactive. It's not like she's been out of the ring forever. She fights two or three times a year. It's bullshit, man. Mm. Uh, this weekend, Cole Frampton's in Philadelphia. Um, it's part of his uh, start with ESPN and Top Rank. Um, he'll go over there and he'll light the place up. He's taking on Emmanuel Dominguez. Everybody has made reference, obviously, to Dominguez being in with Jordan Gill and Jordan Gill taking care of... Uh, jo- of uh, Emmanuel Dominguez in great fashion. And he was sensational. In fact, we saw Jordan at the weekend, wasn't he? He was in great spirits. He's going to be over in the States doing a bit of spotting. We a few of the lads in the Golden Boy gyms and the Mayweather gyms over there, isn't he? Enjoying himself uh, in California. Now, I fully anticipate Carl to look amazing this weekend. I've watched a little bit um, of video footage. He looks sharp. He looks focused. Mentally, he looks in a great place at this moment in time. He's obviously we Jamie and we know what everybody thinks. Uh, Jamie's in uh, a sensational run at this moment in time. I think Carl Frampton will be great. And I just hope, hope that maybe someone like a Leo Santa Cruz is available for him by the back end of the year. Because that's the whole point of this. Yeah. The whole point of him having this little bit of a twilight now is for him to set up either that fight or it was supposed to be the Oscar Valdez fight with him being the WBA. What is it? WBO interim or international or whatever he is at this moment in time. Something like that. It, that was the whole point of it. I, but now I'm sure his attention will turn fully towards a Leo Santa Cruz. And then who yes. knows? Leo Santa Cruz, if he can get that fight, become world champion once again, unify against Josh Warrington, because I wouldn't mind seeing that one again. No, absolutely. I'd love to see the Josh Warrington fight. But I think in, in terms of Carl Frampton, he will 100. With Valdez moving on, you will not see Carl Frampton after beating up Dominguez this weekend. You will not see him turning and saying, make the Shaka Stevenson fight. You will see him saying, Get me Leo Santa Cruz. Let's go. You know, Leo He's Santa got Cruz. one, I've got one. Let's do it. Yeah, Santa Cruz, since going over to PBC, just seems to have fell off the edge of the world, which sometimes happens with PBC fighters. Um, we need to see him active. We need to see him out there. And with Valdez moving on, um, I think the Frampton fight, the third Frampton fight, makes absolute sense for Leo Santa Cruz. And I think, well, I think the WBO could well sanction that. I know Shakur Stevenson's team would probably fight tooth and nail for it to not happen. But if, if they needed to have a unification fight and said, if they said to Shakir Stevenson, listen, we're going to do Frampton versus uh, Leo Santa Cruz three for the belts. We're going to throw the WBO in there as well, but you will get the first shot. I don't think Shakir Stevenson would, would remonstrate too much because at the end of the day, this kid's talking about unifying the division anyway. Mm. Uh, also in action this weekend, a kid that we spoke about a little bit on this show who's making a lot of noise, uh, Virgil Ortiz Jr. He's not on the Frampton undercard, he's on a different card. Uh, so I don't know if it's on a British broadcaster or anything like that. But Sunday morning when you wake up, just Google his name because... And look for the knockout. He is, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's recently just been going through people like a hot knife through butter. His knockouts are unbelievable. All of them are stellar, highlight real jobs. Virgil, spelt with an E, so it's V-E-R-G-I-L. Virgil Ortiz Jr. Check him out Sunday morning. Hopefully he'll be somewhere on British TV so you can have a bit more watch of him. Yeah. Uh, but make sure you Google him on Sunday morning because he's absolute That's mustard. That's a golden boy kid, isn't he? Yeah. On that, if you're watching Frampton, I'm sure many of our listeners will be as well. Similarly, look out for a kid from New York called Edgar Belanga. He's on the undercard of this top of this ESPN top ranked show. Um, he's from New York. He's a middleweight and he's 11 and 0 with 11 knockouts. I've seen this kid's the same, same as Ortiz, just fucking knocking people into, knocking people senseless. He's only fought really at club level so mm. far, um, and I, I don't even think they've got an opponent for him yet, which which speaks volumes. But 
don't be surprised if he gets the knockout of the night, this Edgar Belinga. Keep an eye out for him. Uh, there you go. Hopefully it was a nice little surprise to hear my voice on the show this week, so therefore you're guaranteed to get some content. Next week, God knows what's going to happen. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. I haven't got a clue. People think we're winding up. The amount of people that came up to us in Liverpool going, when, when, when you're going away, I'm, I just need to uh, make sure that we're going to get the fix. Don't worry. He's been given the instructions. He's got. He's got. He's got his. Uh, he's got his list of things to do. He knows what to do. You're actually going out and about, aren't you? You're going to go and yes, interview some people. Yes, I might hit people. the road a little bit. Yeah. So instead of being instead of being the usual shows for the next couple of weeks, it'll be. Uh, you might just get half a dozen interviews instead. Which, you but know. general boxing chats. Oh yeah, it'll be general boxing chitty chatty. Yeah. Okay. Um, so make sure you subscribe. You can do that can via website. iTunes. You're looking for uh, Fight Disciples on there. Fightdisciples.com is our website for all Android feeds. If you need Spotify or what have you, and social media at Fight Disciples on Facebook and Twitter at the Fight Disciples on. Wait, Instagram. have I got to do the social media while you're away? You got to do everything. Oh shit! I don't even know how Instagram works. I'll see you in a bit. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard. Subscribe via iTunes.